You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hello, this is Chris Johnson with Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Welcome to Episode 12 of the Aging Starts Now podcast. Today, we will discuss the coronavirus and its effect on in-home caregivers. We are fortunate to be joined today by Richard Patterson, owner of Preferred Care at Home. Richard, thank you for making us part of your day. We appreciate it greatly. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you doing, Chris? Not too bad. Uh, Thank you for having me on here. We're very, very fortunate to have you, Richard. Full disclosure, Richard is also a uh, Leadership Sumner alumni. Uh, He and I were in the same class together, and it is great. It's great to have him on. Uh, I want to get right down to it. Uh, This coronavirus, the COVID-19 pandemic that we're all dealing with, I I don't think there's anyone out there that hasn't felt some effects from it. Uh, How has it impacted the home health industry? Um, I've actually been asked this question quite a few times by by family members and friends and others. Um, It's definitely affected us in a lot of ways. From a, a, a strictly business perspective, um, in terms of revenue and that kind of thing, um, we haven't been sig- significantly affected. But in terms of the work that we do and um, and 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 kind of the ways that we've had to to modify our practices, um, it, it has had pretty significant effect. Um, and and you can kind of break it out into into a couple different categories. Um, the biggest I would say is the way that it's affected us on the on the caregiver side. So um, we've had caregivers who um, have basically said that they want to sit this out for a little bit, um, feeling like they're uh, a little bit too at risk themselves of contracting the virus. Many of our caregivers are uh, more mature in years. And, uh, and they feel like the risk is too great. And so they're, we've had a few say that they're going to sit it out for a few weeks. Wow. Um, others, um, other caregivers have just become more picky about which assignments they'll accept. So, for example, they might say um, that they're fine going in to an individual's home, but uh, they feel more uncomfortable if we ask them to provide care in um in, in a community setting where they're surrounded with lots of other people. Well, and, and understandably so, when you think about it, they not only have to worry about their health, but especially going into a, a, a multi-resident facility, they, they have to be concerned about the, the potential that they could be asymptomatic and, and spreading it as well. So that's got to put a lot of stress on your employees. I, I think it has. Um, and I, I would say one positive that has come out of this is um, for, for us, uh, from a management standpoint, it has kind of directed our thoughts much more to our caregivers than ever before. 
and um, and it's tried to help. I guess it's transformed our thought process to to be more caregiver centric, where we're thinking, okay, what what are the caregivers' needs right now? What are their fears? How can we help? Um, combat all the negativity, all the um, negative news that they're absorbing, all the fear, and how can we help them to feel more comfortable and more secure um, going into these situations and, and performing their duties? Because yes, they are putting themselves and their clients at risk. And that is a, a big kind of emotional and mental responsibility. Oh, I would bet. So what are what are the things that you're doing uh, to ensure that not only that your clients are safe, but that your employees feel safe and, and, and feel as though they can manage the, the daily stressors? Yeah, so um, one of the things that, that we've tried to do um, is, is we've really increased the frequency and, and kind of the quality of our communication with our caregivers on a company level. Um, we, we try and have more communication with them to ask them how they're feeling, how their clients are feeling, um, and just reassure them that things are going to be okay, et cetera. Um, and, uh, um, for, for me, I mean, one thing that's changed is, is I'm doing, uh, like a, a short weekly video out to all of my caregivers, just kind of letting them know what some of the most recent developments are. Um, letting them know that even within preferred care at home, there is some uncertainty, but that we're doing everything in our power to, to keep them safe, to keep them employed, um, et cetera. Because honestly, for a lot of our caregivers, the fear of, of unemployment is greater than the fear of coronavirus itself. And so we kind of have these competing forces, um, uh, and, 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 we, we just have these, these different situations that we have to work through. Well, and those are difficult situations. I mean, those, those are two heck of a competing interests uh, that are fighting with one another while we're all trying to keep each other safe and, and look out not only for ourselves, but look out for our family members and, and those in our community. The uh, I think about... Uh, we, we talked about you having employees that might be reluctant to go in certain facilities. Do you find any clients or uh, potential clients out there that are reluctant to have uh, outside caregivers come into their home? Yes, um, we do see that. Um, and on, on the flip side, we've seen, um, we've seen the opposite as well, where, um, where some people are a little bit more open to having caregivers in their home um, because they feel like that's a, a safer alternative to a bunch of family members um, going in and out of the home to check on mom and dad or a safer alternative to uh, mom or dad being in a, in a community setting. And so we've definitely seen um, both ends of the spectrum. On kind of a, a global uh, level, um, I, I would say one of the biggest impacts of coronavirus is I, I feel like it's kind of um, uh, shown a spotlight on in-home care and, and really the, the importance of it. Um, there's been a lot of credit given to frontline medical personnel, uh, nurses and doctors, etc., and uh, obviously, of course, they're deserving, and I don't mean to take away from that uh, whatsoever. Um, but I think caregivers get overlooked, and I think caregivers are every bit as deserving. And um, and and the reason I say that 
is because our caregivers are working with a very vulnerable population who, if they did not have a caregiver in the home, there is a very high likelihood that um, that some that an incident would occur and they would end up in the hospital where they would be much more likely to contract COVID-19 or some other life-threatening illness. Yeah, so I our do. caregivers... Our caregivers are keeping people out of the hospital, I feel. Yeah, and I think that's a, a great point you're making, Richard. The uh, And it is. The medical professionals that we have on our, our front lines are, are doing amazing work, and they are seeing a lot of the, the acute patients and the, the people who really are, are having hard, high impacts with the virus and, and with other issues, whereas I think your team uh, – I don't want to say works more in the shadows, but maybe more in the background because they're making sure that people don't get to that point. And, and I do think that it can be an under-recognized group out there because they're still going into other people's homes. They're still going into foreign environments and they're venturing out every single day and, and making sure that people's moms and dads are, are taken care of. Uh, and that, that non-medical caregiver has a huge impact on individuals' daily lives and it truly keeps them safe. So I, I think that's a fantastic point to make. The uh, Have you guys put in any specific protocols so that both your employees and your clients feel safe? Are there any specific measures that you guys have taken in furtherance of that cause? Oh, definitely. Um, there's been a lot of things. Um, Early on, it was um, it was all about frequent hand washing, um, hand washing before your shifts and every thirty minutes during the shift. It was uh, wearing a face mask, and um, we, like so many others, had a, a difficult time finding um, PPE. Um, but we were able to to get our hands on on some gloves, and then um, uh, some of our uh, office staff were kind enough to. Um, to hand sew a whole bunch of uh, of uh, fabric face masks oh, for no our caregivers. They, they probably made. Yeah, it really was a team effort. They probably made a, a hundred face masks wow. uh, for our, our various caregivers. So we've distributed those out. Um, when our caregivers go to clock in, they're asked a series of questions about their health, um, kind of as a, pre- a pre-screening procedure. And we do ask them to um, take and report their temperatures uh, before they begin shifts as well. So you there's a whole bunch of things. Clients? Do you I'm ask sorry? Do you ask clients to take temperatures too? No, we haven't been asking clients to take temperatures, but caregivers are given the opportunity at, at the end of each of their shifts to to report changing condition uh, on their clients. And so if they notice anything unusual or, or worrisome, they can report that at that time. Okay. Unfortunately, we, we've been very blessed that um, that we have not had any COVID cases amongst our caregivers or our clients. Um, and, uh, and so, I, I mean, I don't completely attribute that to, um, to, to the preventive measures we've been doing. I'm sure some of it is just due to dumb luck, but, uh, but, but I'm sure but that what we have been doing has been helping. Oh, yeah. That, those preventative measures, I mean, because they, they don't just protect your staff, but they protect the community at large because they protect your staff's families. And, and we all go to the grocery store. We all still have uh, things that need to be done, put gas in our cars. And so we're all out there as much as we're trying to limit it. There are certain functions that 
that you have to do and go outside your home to accomplish. So I think right. it's great that those preventative measures seem to be having a, a big impact. The uh, Now, are the Speaking of those preventative measures, you laid out what you guys have implemented. Are there industry standards? Are there any criteria that you have to meet? Or are these essentially uh, self-imposed that you guys have said, these are the standards we're going to meet because it's the right thing to do? Um, I I feel like I I haven't seen any sort of an industry um, like, like a requirement um, what I am seeing from um, webinars that I've been on and from talking to other in-home care agencies, et cetera, it seems like um, these same types of measures that I just mentioned are pretty widely adopted. Um, so it seems like that's pretty standard procedure. Uh, I would say one additional thing that we've done um, that I don't know if others are doing or not, so I can't speak to that, Um <clears throat> But I, I do feel like our office staff, um, especially the ladies in charge of scheduling, have done a phenomenal job. Um, and, and to put it crudely, I would say they've done a phenomenal job limiting cross-contamination. And what I mean by that is um, caregivers are assigned to certain clients and, um, and, and very rarely are those caregivers venturing out to take care of other clients outside of their normal clients. And so, and so you've, you've basically got caregivers and clients that are kind of stuck together um, and, and, and there's very little deviation from that. Okay. Interesting. That is very interesting. The, uh, well, I think a, a, a great question to ask now is, so if someone needs uh, non-medical in-home caregiver support for themselves or for a family member, wh- what are the right questions that they should be asking? Because I think a lot of people, when they uh, need to go down this road, oftentimes it's the first time they ever have inquired about this. And sometimes it'll be the only time in their lives that they do. And I think it can be intimidating and overwhelming. And so the uh, what do they ask? What do they need to know? That's a great question, and um, I've I've thought about this a good deal, and I will try and offer as non-biased <laughs> of an opinion as I can um, from my um, biased perspective as a as an owner of an in-home care company. But um, my my opinion, and and again, I, I'm a relative newcomer to this. I've been in this business about two and a half years. So uh, there's probably pros and cons to that. But at any rate, um, I I think that in-home care companies, um, from the caregiver side, any in-home care company is going to have great caregivers and it's going to have caregivers who don't always live up to expectations. And so what, what the customer, the potential customer wants to find out is how the company handles those situations where the caregiver does not live up to expectations because it's bound to happen, whether in a very small way or whether in a big way, um, it's bound to happen. And really good in-home care companies will do everything that they can to prevent those from happening in the first place. But at the end of the day, um, when something goes wrong, um, or, or there's a disappointment or an unmet expectation, what, you, what you're looking at now is the quality of the management behind that caregiver. 
And so if I were shopping around for an in-home care company, I might ask a question like, um, tell me about a recent problem that you had, um, a recent client complaint or something like that, and tell me how you handled it. Or tell me about the most embarrassing <laughs> um, client complaint that you had to deal with and, and how did you deal with that? I think that would be a great question to ask. Wow, that's that's very insightful and 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 appreciate the the frankness and candor because I don't think that's the first one that that people would jump to but that's exceedingly insightful because yeah, I think people want to know don't just give me the the rosy picture where everything's sunshine and rainbows but uh we are all realistic that sometimes things go wrong and and how do we handle that when things do go wrong? Correct. Yeah, I would I would also ask, you know, how would how do you ensure quality of care with your clients? What steps do you take to make sure that you're that the people you care for are happy? And I would ask, what do you do to make your employees happy? Because I think a company that takes good care of its employees and its caregivers, um, you're, you're much more likely to get good quality care out of a company like that. And uh, and the the way that they treat their employees i think is probably a reflection about how they'll treat you as well i i think you're spot on with that richard that is that is a great great insight richard thank you so much for being here are, are you ready for coronavirus to to finally go away and get out of our lives here sooner rather than later I am. It, it has been inconvenient to say the least, and uh, I'm ready to, to get out and, and rub shoulders with people again. Um, and, and and honestly, I miss I miss um, seeing my clients. We've got some really really great people that we care for. Just just phenomenal 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 seniors, and I love them dearly. And I look forward to visiting with them again in person. That is that is really touching, Richard. I, I know us here at Tagus McGinnis feel the same way about ours. The uh, you, you miss that in person, uh, real live contact because you, you, yeah. you grow a bond with them and it matters a great deal. Well, Richard, yeah. that's all that we have time for on the Aging Starts Now episode twelve podcast for uh, how home health, how, how in home caregivers are handling the coronavirus. We appreciate having you on so very much, Richard, the owner, the owner of Preferred Care at Home. Any last words you want to say? Um, just good luck to, to you as well and to anybody who's listening to this. Good luck and hang in there and keep your head up. And, um, you know, I'm sure things things will get better in one way or another. And um, it'll probably just mean us adapting somehow. But that's the great things about thing about humans is, is that we adapt. So, <laughs> yes, we do. Well, those are great words, Richard. Thank you for taking time out of your very busy day and spending it with us. As Thanks I said so before, this is the end of episode 12 of the Aging Starts Now podcast. Thank you to all those frontline workers who are out there keeping our loved ones safe and our communities safe, and for those workers in the shadows working behind the scenes to keep us all safe and take care of our moms and our dads out there. This is Chris Johnson with Take Us McGinnis elder care law thank you for joining us thank you for listening to the aging starts now podcast for more information about today's show visit tn-elderlaw.com click on the free resources tab and then click on aging starts now 
You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com. Document downloads, the Tagus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there, free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness. 